Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, bowl season is upon us. We'll get into the selections across the Big 12. We'll get into the college football playoff, what was gotten right, maybe what was gotten wrong. And, of course, as it pertains to your Red Raiders, it is Houston. Coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Glad to have you along for the ride once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan and Chris kicking open the door to this week with a confirmation of what uh, we speculated upon to wrap up last week. It is Houston, Texas that will be the scene, and it will be the Red Raiders in the Texas Bowl uh, for the first time in, in about a handful of years. But got some experience, obviously, in this game in prior seasons. We did discuss uh, an opponent from the SEC, but it wasn't until later in the week uh, that you're giving me some idea that maybe it's not the Hogs. Maybe it is the Rebels, and that's how it winds up. Texas Tech and Ole Miss got a little uh, got a little grudge to settle here from, I don't know, over a decade ago, 2008-2009 Cotton Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think this is obviously a more high-profile uh, you know, uh, team or had a better season. Maybe that's the way I should, should phrase that. Uh, Arkansas finished 6-6. Six and six. Uh, they're headed to Memphis to take on the Jayhawks, but I think the eight and four uh, Ole Miss Rebels are are uh, going to be a more than uh, more than you want uh, from an opponent standpoint. But they were really good. They just kind of, you know, I think we're seven and zero. I think is right, and then lost four of their last five games uh, to LSU, Bama, and and on it went, and Mississippi State to end the season in the Egg Bowl. But smoked yeah. by Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they they were uh, kind of a they, strange season. Yeah, it, 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 and it reminds me of kind of Cliff's first season uh, when he was the head coach at Tech. Uh, start off seven and zero, and then you 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 just limp to the finish line and you end up winning a bowl game. Let's hope that Ole Miss doesn't have uh, exactly the same kind of uh, same kind of season and win their bowl game. Uh, we, we want the Red Raiders to win that one, but um, yeah, this is. Uh, I, I think, you know, and people misunderstand, I think, in some ways, like how the bowl selection process works. We, we kind of touched on this some last week, Casey, in that you're not owed anything. There's certain things that you're guaranteed if you are finished ranked at a certain spot or if you're the conference champion. After that, it's really a selection process to where bowl reps and, and things like that, they can work with the league or whatever, but they kind of look out for their own best interest on TV ratings, ticket sales, whatever whatever they, they want to do. And maybe they have already one opponent locked in that's going to sell the tickets. And so they want to put, you know, the biggest, you know, quote unquote brand together. Who knows? But, you know, people are, are frustrated. You're not going to Orlando, but man, I, I get it. I understand the, the way that the process works, but I think in some ways, this allows you to kind of take over Houston on December the 28th and really have a home game type environment, you know, and this is a stadium Casey that, I mean, you faced this same Ole Miss team uh, to open up the season in 2018 and what would be Cliff's last, last season. 
thankfully, you don't have to try to guard or cover DK Metcalf and AJ Brown uh, in in this game <laughs> like you did in that one because that that is not a winning proposition. Did not um, go well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and and obviously, yeah, you uh, you faced Ole Miss in the two thousand nine. Cotton Bowl, but you you know you won a big game in this same stadium last year to open up the season versus the University of Houston. We know uh, what that game meant at the time, and Houston would really go on to have a phenomenal season last year. So you're no stranger to this city, this stadium, uh, and playing games here, whether it be the beginning of season or the end of the season. And uh, I I think uh, I think I mean you know again you haven't fair just. You know, you know, you 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 beat Minnesota there. You've beaten Navy there. You beat, uh, I mean, East Carolina. I guess way back that was in the uh, the Astrodome. Uh, but you know, LSU and and Ole Miss and and some of those games haven't haven't gone your way. But um, but it, but I, I think it's be a lot of fun because you win your last three games going into this bowl game. Ole Miss has lost four of their last five, and has lost three in a row going into this game. So you kind of enter into this game uh, feeling a bit differently about uh, yourself and your season. Uh, it's going to be a beer vendor's delight. Uh, <laughs> will any bowl game feature more beer drink than this one between yeah. uh, Rebel fans and Red Raider fans? I'm not so sure, so we'll keep that in mind. But, uh, Chris, I, I was curious – I wanted to get some insight from you on how uh, you think the opponent conversation kind of shifted as we got into the weekend. It was after we had our last conversation on air for the week last week that you started uh, mentioning more so to me Ole Miss than Arkansas. How did that process kind of play out? I think they just wanted the 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 team that had the better record. Uh, I think um, it, it it shifted. I I think there was some thought that. And and again, there was a few things that had to play out. You know, if LSU, if LSU pulls the upset against Georgia in the conference championship game, it would have uh, affected the order here and kind of what would have happened, uh, maybe a bit. Uh, but uh, and, and I don't know what else needed to happen over the weekend to kind of alter some of that order or what matchups were were trying to be put together and things like that. But I I, I think one thing I can tell you is that. The Texas Bowl folks felt really because I think this game last year was Kansas State and LSU, and if you remember, LSU had a hard time putting the team out there. They had a ton of opt outs. They had a, they had a coaching change. I mean, and Kansas State just won a won in a bloodbath, and it was just kind of non competitive. And I think that the Texas Bowl wanted to to try to go after a couple of programs where they would largely have their team. In place, you know, there hasn't been a coaching change here in, the, in with either program. You know, Lane Kiffin, if anything, he's got a brand new contract, and there was a lot of rumors about him going to Auburn. He's got a brand new <laughs> contract that's going to pay him a ton of of money. Shout out to uh, to Super Agent Jimmy Sexton for getting that done for uh, for his client in, in Lane Kiffin. But uh, there was a lot of stability with these two programs. Not that there would have been uh, with Arkansas or anything, but I think that's kind of what they were. They were looking at and just trying to to put together the best matchup they could, because if you for I mean Ole Miss for much of the season they were ranked top ten, top fifteen, and the wheels kind of fell off. And you know, but you you, you Casey, you look at their running game, look out, man. I mean, they've got I mean I, the Red Raiders are no stranger to this all season, but they've got uh, a kid named Zach Evans played at TCU last year and transferred. Everybody thought that that was going to really hurt the frogs. It did not. Uh, and, and he, he ran for nearly 900, but they've got a freshman there that ran for like 1500 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they ran for over 300 
in six of their games and ran for over 400 in two of those games, one of which they lost. Right. Okay. They lost <laughs> to Arkansas and, and ran for over 400 yards. Never heard of such a thing. But no, this is going to be all the Red Raiders want. And it's really all about motivation and kind of how you approach these games. You know, I, I would guess sure. the Red Raiders will be more excited about playing this one than Ole Miss who thought maybe we have a chance to play for the SEC championship. Maybe we have an outside shot at a New Year's Six Bowl and all those kinds of things. But uh, that that kind of quickly uh, evaporated, and all that's left is a giant Lane Kiffin brand-new contract. I re- yeah, and shout-out to uh, former Lubbock, Texas reporter John Sokoloff for also doing his part in getting on that new contract. <laughs> Hilarious. Right. Hilarious. Yes. Spent some time in the 806, was gooberish, then still going goober in uh, Oxford, it seems like. Uh, Chris, I just – I something about the Southwest Conference makes me a little disappointed to not have the Hogs on, on the opposing sideline. Yeah. I like the chance to beat a team that had a better record and a little bit more of a national uh, relevancy this season, though, in Ole Miss. But I don't know what to make out of their season, man, because you look at like their best win on paper, and it's over at that time a top twenty-five Kentucky team. I think a top ten Kentucky team, possibly at that point in time. And then, of course, where'd the Wildcats go? And you look at, oh, well, you're kind of doing the same thing Texas did, waving a flag about getting close against Alabama. Woo! <laughs> and then you're smoked by the 6-6 six and six Razorbacks, 42-27. to 27. You lose by two to Leach in the Egg Bowl finale. I'm, I'm having trouble kind of gauging what this 8-4 and four is no, versus fair. the Texas Tech 7-5. and five. So I'm really intrigued by the matchup, man. I think it should be a really tight one. It kind of goes back to how you could have these records and some of the records feel differently or there there's some empty eight and fours. There's some, you know, maybe right. legit feeling seven and fives. Maybe that's what we have, what we have here. But uh, again, an eight win uh, season in the SEC. And again, I think Ole Miss sure. maybe had higher expectations uh, this year. I think there's been a lot placed on Jackson Darth, their sophomore quarterback. Uh, he first year as a starter and obviously they were their freshman tailback who had a monster season. So, uh, but you know, I, I and I don't, I don't pretend to know how Ole Miss feels or how they feel now or expectations and, and all those things because so much surrounding their program had to do with Lane Kiffin in the last two to three weeks, and right. that noise was really loud. I think he burned up some equity uh, there in Oxford because of the flirtation and some of the noise that he didn't, I guess, shoot down. I'm, I'm guessing, uh, and he, until it was too late. You know, and then, you know, they they end Auburn go end up going a different direction. So I, I that that part I, I don't know, but he's going to be an interesting guy throughout the process. I will tell you too that uh, former Texas Tech quarterback Seth Deggy is on that uh, staff and works uh, hmm. uh, along on the offensive staff uh, there in Oxford. So there's your one uh, connection. And I will tell you that uh, he had a brother that wanted to play quarterback at Texas Tech, but uh, was not offered. Sure. And that's probably going to be mentioned on the broadcast if they ever <laughs> mention Seth Deggy or the Deggy family. Shout out yeah. uh, to the Deggies. Looking forward to it, man. Got a nice primetime window there on that Wednesday night, December 28th. Um, was a little bit intrigued by who I feel like, I think you're, if my understanding is correct, you're going to be overlapping with from a television standpoint, the Holiday Bowl. There was talk of Notre Dame being in that bad boy, which is obviously a ratings or attention challenge for anybody else doing anything at the same time. But that's going to be UNC Oregon now out in San Diego. So I think you could wind up uh, with quite a few eyeballs on your game. And, and hopefully those eyeballs are seeing Texas Tech do some good things. We've got plenty of time, courtesy of this goofy timeline that college football has put together for their postseason to break down what's going to happen between the lines. About three weeks, uh, as a matter of fact. So 
Buckle up for every excruciating detail on Locked On Texas Tech and episodes to come. Coming up directly ahead, we're staying in a bowl game frame of mind. We'll take a look elsewhere across the Big 12 slate of postseason matchups. Certainly some intriguing ones there, one of those involving a college football playoff semifinal. We'll get to that coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are here and achieving gifting greatness is easy when you're getting down with Omaha Steaks because you're given the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious beef, baby. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. So go to omahasteaks.com and use our code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Our promo code locked on at omahasteaks.com, and you're going to get bang 30 bucks off your order. Ready to ship your order right away. So shop early, beat the shipping rush, go to omahasteaks.com and use their promo code locked on at checkout. It's going to be a gift from the heart and a gift that'll be remembered with every unforgettable bite. So order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best at omahasteaks.com with our promo code. Locked on for $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required, again, at omahasteaks.com. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, coming at you out yonder, west of the 100th Meridian, where it's really going down. Thanks for subscribing on YouTube if you have. If you have not, what are you waiting for? What do you think? The test drive is going to last forever? This tank is going to run out at some point without being refilled by your subscription. So please join us as a subscriber on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, talking Texas Tech and Ole Miss a moment ago. It is the Texas Bowl that will be the destination for the Red Raiders December 28th. And uh, we'll have a few weeks to uh, break down that matchup. But otherwise, in the Big 12, Chris, man, you got some bangers as far as some matchups. I think, obviously, Baylor has got the least to be excited about as they go to the Armed Forces Bowl, and they're going to take on Air Force. So you get a smaller <laughs> hey, opponent, and you're going to smack around a service academy? Well, but you, ha- you here's the here's the irony. And this is what, this is what I, I was – I was like, okay, you get to because I mean, weeks ago we started looking at possibilities. Once you become, once you beat Iowa State and you're bowl eligible, you start looking at the different pecking order, and you do, you don't know the options, and there's still some football left to play, and you had not beaten Oklahoma yet. I looked, uh, I looked at, at some of this, and and one of the games that I looked at, and I thought, please no, you you play that game in Amon Carter Stadium in Fort Worth. So the is that right? That- Yes. So the fact that Baylor, Baylor, <laughs> okay, has to play their bowl game at TCU yeah. Stadium when TCU oh. is in the playoff is cruel and unusual punishment. Oh yeah, you want to use this thing for a game? Oh yeah, we're not using it. Sure, I guess we'll rent it out to you at a fair. I did. I thought that was an SMU campus game. No, that that there is another one that's oh, okay. uh, that is at uh, at Gerald Ford Stadium. Yeah, Good. the first responders bowl or something. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, but yeah, the Armed Forces Bowl uh, originally was like the Bell Helicopter Bowl. There, General Dynamics there in Fort Worth, but no, I believe that's at uh, 
believe it's at TCU Stadium. So I, I was just like, I mean, because think, think about it, if, if Tech would have been the same way. Right. Having to go play a game in that stadium would have just been, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even want to even get my mind there no. uh, after all the ticket hubbub and all the, <laughs> right. all the, all the stuff. Yeah. So you would just hope if you had to do that, everybody was carrying uh prickly pear cactus seeds and pockets with holes in them all around the stadium, all across the field, up and down yard line to yard line. But we don't have to worry about that. Baylor and air force in the armed forces bowl. Go ahead, go ahead and kick a service Academy. Why don't you see how, yeah, see how we respond to that as Americans. Good luck. Guaranteed rate bowl, ridiculous name. And they couldn't even put on a bowl game a couple of years ago. So how do we know that a rate is going to be guaranteed? I don't really know. Uh, but either way, it's Oklahoma state, Wisconsin, big 12, big 10. And you got to like that, Chris. I'm pretty interested here. Seven and five, six and six go the Cowboys and the Badgers. This one, December 27th. Yeah, and and I believe I, I have seen that uh, that Luke Fickle will be involved in the coaching for Wisconsin at some level. So I don't know uh, at, at what level or anything. And, and you've got a few guys for Oklahoma State that have entered the portal uh, prior to this bowl game announcement. So you know, we'll kind of see again. Bowl season is tricky, man. There's a lot that goes on with these programs between now and when these games are played. You don't know who's showing up with what. Uh, but I mean, Wisconsin will be very motivated, and you just you wonder what Oklahoma State will will be able to give you. Does Spencer Sanders play in this game? Is he healthy finally? Uh, but no, it's on, on paper. It's a really good good matchup. Uh, this one pretty interesting as well, uh, just because I'm curious to see if Kansas can culminate a dream 500 season uh, with a win over an SEC opponent. It's Kansas and Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. This is Memphis, right? Yep, that, that's okay. where the Red Raiders were last year. That's the game actually on ESPN just prior to the Red Raiders and, and Ole Miss Rebels. So uh, that's a 5 o'clock kick, and so don't be surprised if the Red Raiders and Rebels end up starting a bit later than actually – Eight o'clock as it gives time for uh, Kansas <laughs> yeah. and Arkansas to finish up. Go ahead but, and find ESPN News on your guide right now. So you right now, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but th- this 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 game kind of puts Arkansas and the Hog fans in kind of a no win spot yeah. here, man. Sam Pittman and and crew, you know they were they were top ten early on in the season. They kind of had things rolling, and they just KJ Jefferson just kind of the wheels fell off, and he got hurt and just wasn't able to. Uh, to play, but you know, Kansas will be motivated. They're going to play hard. I'll be shocked if they don't play well. They're not, I don't think going to have anybody that opts out. They, they've been years without getting to a bowl game and they are back. And even though they limp to the finish line, it's a much different feel than what Arkansas uh, went through. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I would say for Arkansas, it's going to be a tough game for the, uh, for the old hogs there. Uh, Red Raiders and Ole Miss follow that one. As Chris mentioned uh, from Houston there, December 28th, 5.30 the following afternoon, the Cheez-Its Bowl, which has really challenged me personally as a longtime Cheez-It man. Uh, you all know why. You know the storyline. It's 6-6 six and six Oklahoma against 9-3 and three Florida State, Chris. And uh, I'm still processing my feelings on how all this <laughs> has gone down. I got to be honest with you. I'm not mad at the matchup that Texas Tech has wound up with at all, but I also – Certainly understand what has been mentioned and acknowledged many times in that uh, players earn throughout the season, supposedly, the right to go to X bowl game here or there and all the experiences that come with it. And for whatever it's worth now, instead of riding the teacups at Disneyland, you got to 
hop in with Paul Wall and just swang and swang and swang to the left and pop your trunk for Fat Pat's death, possibly. Such is life, I guess, but I, I do understand the frustration, man. Yeah. So what 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 the what the Cheez It Bowl is thinking is that okay, we we've got the the local team that's going to carry ticket sales in Florida State. And so, you know, because what 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 happens is, okay, TCU goes to playoff. Kansas State goes to the Sugar Bowl, and then they pick right after the Alamo Bowl. They can take any team that's left, and so the Alamo Bowl takes Texas, and so they can pick anybody they want. And I think they go for biggest brand, you know, period. And even though some of those kids for Oklahoma, most notably Eric Gray, not going to play in this game, I think that the general casual observer watching TV you know, probably doesn't know about a lot of those things and just sees Florida State, Oklahoma. Hey, man, I'm I'm, I'm in. Yeah. And maybe they feel like Florida State would have rather have played Oklahoma on any given year than, than a Texas Tech team. It has nothing to do with who's better or what record you finish with or anything like that. It's a business, and they're trying to, you know, sell the most tickets, get the most people to watch it, you know, whatever. So, uh, and, and, you know, and, and the, the, the one thing, okay – Orlando would have been fun for those kids uh, for, for Texas Tech and, and, and a new setting and experience and all that. So that, that's the bad part is they're, they're going to go to Houston, which is a place they've been before. However, the payoff is you'll, you'll have a it'll it'll feel like a home game in, in some ways. So that's the there's some good and bad there. Whereas if you go to Orlando, you're on the teacups, you know. You're 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 riding a big Thunder Mountain Railroad, all that stuff. You're you're. I mean, you're you you know. The 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 photo shots would have been awesome, and the roller coasters and all that stuff. But there wouldn't have been near as many people in Orlando from a tech standpoint, uh, and, and you would have played kind of in a semi road environment there with Florida State carrying it. I, I think so. That's the kind of that that's the rub there. But uh, but you you have no control over it. You know, you can't yeah. – there's nothing you can do about it. These bowl folks, that's just the way it works. They get to – it's a draft, essentially. They get to they get to pick. I think only the SEC does it the way that they do it in that their commissioner kind of works with the schools uh, because their conference is so large and they have so many bowl tie-ins and they almost get to – they worked it into their contracts to where they kind of – mix and mash and it, and it can kind of go out of order and kind of be, you know, they try to keep, they keep matchups uh, from happening, maybe like Texas, Texas A&M and, and, and previously where they would have kept uh, the Aggies away from the Red Raiders. Uh, I was in some ways surprised that they put Mississippi state and Mike Leach against Texas tech last year. Maybe that's just the way it fell. And it's like, Hey Mike, you got to go take one for the team here, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but that's just kind of the way it, it fell. But we knew as of middle last week that it was all, it was all pointing toward uh, the Red Raiders in Houston, and, and I and I get it. I get the frustration, but I'm also okay with it too because I've been in that stadium when you have a ton of fans in there, and it's a it's a great environment, and I think it it helps you. So we'll see. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not turning my back on cheese. It's man not throwing the baby <laughs> out with the bathwater. College football silly approach to a postseason uh, eventually makes fools of us all. There, there, you can't ever make an argument that's consistent. You can't – I mean, Nick Saban's on national television talking about gambling lines the other day to try to get his team into the playoffs. Well, the and clowns we finished, all of us. We finished 3-0, and guys. One of those wins was against Austin P. I think. I mean, seriously, <laughs> man. Like, t t TCU almost finished 12-0. and I yeah, mean, you know. Uh, incredible. So, I mean, um, 
It's Texas-Washington Alamo Bowl. You already mentioned the Sugar Bowl, Alabama-K-State. So, uh, obviously, those are going to be interesting ones as well. I, I think you have – I mean, th- th- you have really good matchups here, man. There's yeah. just not really a throwaway uh, to where you're like, ah, that's a that's a boring one. I mean, because even the Baylor Air Force game is a very intriguing – because of the style of of play that Air Force employs with that, uh, that option attack and Troy Calhoun and – and all that. So, uh, you know, and I think Washington, obviously anytime that Pac-12 team comes into San Antonio, Texas, more often than not, it's a it's a road environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how excited or who will actually play in that game for the Longhorns, but uh, I believe Michael Penix is the quarterback for Washington, and uh, he, he's been a handful all season, the former Indiana uh, player. He's a good, you know, good player and all that. Because, I mean, last year it was a, it was kind of an, an Oklahoma party at the, at the hands of, of Oregon who had you know, had a, had a coaching change uh, and, and all those things. They were in the midst of uh, – they had lost their coach uh, to University of Miami, and Dan Lanning had yet to take over, so it was kind of a shorthanded situation. So, I, And I guess, Casey, in, a, in most cases, this is one of the first times I can really remember where most of the coaching stuff is all largely put to bed. And these bowl announcements are made with sure, yeah. all of that in the rearview mirror. You kind of know there, – there'll be some coordinator stuff and – some things that trickles down, but largely uh, coaches are, they've already kind of made their moves. Uh, you know, there's not, there's not a whole lot left out there to, to be undecided there. Uh, Alamo bowl will be a good preview of a future sec big 10 uh, bowl matchup between the Huskies uh, and the Longhorns. <laughs> so we can look forward to that. I see what you did there. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're drawing a hard line here. You know, there's one we haven't mentioned, but we're going to add it to a different conversation. We're talking college football playoff coming up ahead. We'll digest everything that went down from Cowboys Stadium in Arlington. And yes, the frogs, those frogs with a pathway to the national championship. We'll get into all that and more as now we are staring down the barrel of an expanded playoff coming to fruition. Thankfully, now that the Rose Bowl gods have descended from upon high and said, okay, just don't touch our parade. (laughs) and we found that agreeable so a whole lot to process as we are thankfully in the waning years of this whatever this was how do you feel about how do you feel about parades by the way you you sign off on a parade or you generally pro parade okay pro parade but in the right context chris in the right context would like as a spectator or do you want to be on a float with the wave i don't think i've ever been in a parade no spectator (laughs) mostly spectator Uh, okay. Mostly just to see. I think I have a pro parade view because as a child, I was fortunate enough to watch a hometown parade every year that featured my man Garland Koontz, even to the point like he was 110 years old, riding a horse and playing a trumpet by himself. That was just one of the feature acts. And he always seemed a little out of control, like, oh, I might stomp a kid over here. Cluck, 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 cluck. Oh, no, he's in control, folks. He's in control. And the trumpet may be a little out of tune. Doesn't matter. He's putting on a show. So that was the beginnings of my uh, parade appreciation. Do you have some parade trauma of some kind or what no no i'm just uh <laughs> i think i'm largely anti-parade okay. I, they i mean I, I i liked the thanksgiving day parade growing up uh i my years ago my grandparents actually went to the tournament of uh of roses parade and the rose bowl yes. game i mean well uh, you know it was 20 30 years ago uh but uh but yeah i just you know parades are interesting because you we used to get the Orange Bowl Parade, we got the Cotton Bowl Parade, we got oh, really? we got a lot. Okay. I mean, that, that, that was kind of New Year's Eve morning or New, or New Year's uh. Eve uh, day, 
you know, or, 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 yeah, I mean, what, what, or New Year's Day, I guess, morning, you'd, you'd get a lot of the parades and stuff like that. I just remember that as a kid, but they were kind of a synonymous with these bowl games. But I think really the only the, the Rose Bowl is the one that still sticks. And I don't know why they call it the Tournament of Roses Parade. I don't know what a tournament, I don't, are these the roses that somewhere? are these the roses that won some competition and they get to be, uh, you know, on, on a float? I don't I don't know, but I'm uh, just anyways. I'm thinking back now on my <laughs> my childhood parade experience, and I see why I'm pro parade even more so than Garland Coons playing a trumpet on a horse that's slightly out of control. And this is in Littlefield, Texas, America, Pearl of the Plains. Don't get it twisted. I also was witness to a parade where in the same uh, Cadillac convertible. Uh, Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazard, Waylon King Jennings, and Santa Claus. What is there not to like about a parade like that? Right? Those are so, almost yeah. all one and the same. I mean, that's yeah. exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Were they? That's, that was the right. day I finally confirmed they weren't one and the same. Okay. I guess because okay. we saw three, but before you never seen them all in the same room. Exactly. Shout so. out to uh, shout out to uh, Uncle Jesse and his his love of moonshine. That's right. Uh, be, because yeah, they they were always making moonshine off into the trees, man, on the Dukes of Hazard back in the day, man. I, I back in the back yeah. in the bush, you know. So yeah, shout well, out to him. Okay, I'm going to have to cross this out now because this was supposed to be the final portion of the program, the conversation I had compiled some notes on, but we just got into it right there. It's all right. Still got plenty left to get into. We'll get into that aforementioned college football playoff coming up dead ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Simply Safe. Men lie, women lie, but numbers do not lie. And the numbers tell you that Simply Safe is the choice whenever it comes to your family and your home's security. Over 4 million people have made that call already, and you don't earn the trust of that many folks without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They're protecting you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who have always got your back. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash college. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. And you can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free. So visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Just uh, giving you the rundown there in the Big 12 Conference as far as bowl matchups were concerned. One we did not mention uh, because it's part of the college football playoff. That is Texas Christian and Michigan, 12-1, and 13-0. They now go. That is uh, December 31st at 3 o'clock and of course chris most recently man it was it was one uh for the ages between texas christian and and kansas state i i don't know that i've enjoyed many uh football games more so uh just as a neutral observer i think i really at the end of the day was mostly that uh than what we saw from arlington man that game included everything uh including what felt like to me a, a heisman uh winning drive or two for max duggan but he wasn't exactly allowed to go out on his shield for some reason uh, in some of the final moments, man, that, that game had a whole lot to process, didn't it? 
Yeah, you know, and uh, you, you know where I'm. Uh, I've got I've got mixed feelings on uh, any, anything that involves the. the are they uh, mixed, the, really, or are they all the slanted one way? <laughs> yeah, you know, I just yeah, I I I, uh, I hear hear a lot um, from the, uh, the the Fort Worth faithful. Uh, I, uh, I I thought uh, I thought that this was a game that, like you said was so much better than the Pac-12, the SEC, and the ACC title game. And and I guess the Big Ten, to, to a certain extent, too, most of those games were fairly lopsided. This one was much like the league uh, much of the season, just very contested. I thought you had uh, two teams. And, and I knew – I knew Kansas State was going to be really tough to beat again for for TCU. Kansas State's just uh, they're they're just really solid, man. And and I'm I'm looking at, and like the the part about that game that I thought was interesting is that I'm I'm like, are they going to have anybody left? I mean, Malik Knowles is over there. There's a major part of what they do on special teams and on offense. He's unable to finish the game. They were down several corners. Not the team you want to be facing when you're down, you're missing several uh, cover corners like they were, and. Uh, you know, they had an offensive lineman go down, I think, late in the game as well. Maybe even their starting center is who it was. But I just was like, man, it's a game of – but, you know, Max Duggan obviously playing through some some injuries. I, I was I was surprised, one, that, that Sonny didn't do anything with those final, I guess, what was it, about 30 seconds or so. They were backed up on their end of the field. But I thought you, you, you got all these weapons and you, you got a quarterback that, that may in fact get invited to New York. And for you not to just like take a shot, just kneel it down and go to overtime, I thought was interesting. And maybe you're just trying to minimize your risk at that point. And, and I, I don't know. When the quarterback's uh, like half dead also, it, it well, seemed like. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's, that that's true too. I'm kind of uh, with you, but I was trying to come up with a list of, okay, why would you do that? And, 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 and then that was maybe one that was on there. To elect to, to go for it on fourth down and overtime and not yeah. kick the field goal, I thought was uh, interesting. Or to not utilize a QB sneak. And he says he was, you know, it was because Max Duggan was, was slightly dinged up and, and things like that. But I just thought, yeah, not – because uh, I mean, here's the thing: if, if, for example, if TCU wouldn't have made it into the playoff, you couldn't gain uh, a yard on three straight plays. I don't feel sorry for you, man. You know, uh, I mean, I just like if if you if you are who people have, have suggested for you not to gain a yard uh, or whatever, and we can argue about how the ball was spotted and, and all those things, but still, you're well, just that's asking, why I say it involved everything because how yeah. about some of that, like the reviews and the spots and did the homeboy break the plane? And I mean, it was yeah. just every second carried something that was so a lot of drama. Yes. Yeah. A lot of drama, but they, you know, that they, they end up uh, coming up short and I think Kansas state, you know, it, it may have been if, if you're like a Big 12 guy and we're wanting the best scenario for the Big 12 conference, maybe that was exactly it. Kansas State wins a very close game. And so uh, they, they get the championship and then TCU still gets to make it into the college football playoff. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't you know, I don't know, um, you know, if, if what result everybody was rooting for. But uh, yeah, but they sweated it out a little bit, but they, they ended up making it into TCU. And then just, Kansas State, you get you get Bama. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? I'd rather uh, I'd rather be going that route than just as an example as we shift into a bigger picture view on the college football playoff now and what's coming up in a, in a couple of years. I'd rather go that route than go the USC route. Hey, here's Tulane. Congrats on a great season. Golly. Yeah. And see, and that's and where Tulane's fired up. They're there to Nick take your heads off a thousand and percent. He's like, uh, yep. and, and ask Kansas State about old Tulane too. You know. Well, that, and Chris, that, 
here's what's solved by the here's what is going to be a major fix in all of this, I feel like, by the expanded playoff. What I just the joke we just made about this matchup goes out the window because if you're in that game in the expanded format, you're playing still for a pathway to a national championship. Correct. I'm not like, oh, it's two lane. No, it's the first game along the path to a national championship. And that's one of the things I'm most excited to get to is the lessening of games just by a fraction. Still got a long way to go. But the lessening of games where you feature a matchup that is all about who's excited to be here. Is anybody glad <laughs> to be here? I just that's always frustrated me about the, this time of year that there's so many impacted by just that. Yeah, and that and that's just the the reality of it. I mean, I guarantee you're going to see a lot of Alabama guys go, man. I'm, I'm going to opt out, or yeah. I'm going to I'm going to worry about you know the next portion of my career. I'm not going to go play Kansas State. I mean, that's not that's not what I showed up for. I mean, that, that that's just the real. And, and USC may do the same. I, I don't I don't know, but um, yeah, because what you're talking about are games like USC and, and Tulane. If that's the opening round, that's just similar to the NCAA tournament. You know, when sure. you better you better be. Uh, really good, or you're going to get, you know, you're going to get beat. You're going to make news for the wrong reasons, and you're going right. to be out, and you don't have a chance to, uh, to, to, to make some noise in, in the dance or anything like that. So, uh, but, but you know, I, going back to, did you have any issue with the order or the four that were chosen uh, for for the playoff in this particular? I, I don't think I did, and yeah. putting all emotion aside. Uh, Texas Christian belonged in the playoff, in my opinion. And I'm still not so sure about the whole USC-Ohio State swap. I hate not doing anything, getting you into something, which is what Ohio State did. And look, I know that the score was lopsided at the end of it for USC and whatever. That's another thing that I'm amped about when it comes time uh, for the expanded college football playoff is that you're not punished for this stupid 13th data point that these same idiots talked you into placing to begin with, which the Big 12 is like example one of who kind of got talked into, well, you need another data point. Now they make a lot of cash. I get that they probably weren't all that against it anyway, but Chris, whenever you're punished for earning your way to a a conference championship game, bigger picture wise, something about that don't sit right with me. And I think there are a lot of college football fans that feel that way. And I hate USC, Caleb Williams, I mean, way to represent a university with your fingernail polish every week. Good grief. But I'm still sitting, and I hate Texas Christian with the fire of a thousand suns, but I'm still sitting here telling you, I, I'm not so sure that what you did in a conference championship game setting should be eliminating you from these types of things. It won't eventually when you got a bigger number. But uh, that that just frustrates me, man. The Ohio State thing frustrates me. How did you feel about those calls kind of as they do- they domino with one another? the inclusion of Texas Christian, the exclusion of USC, and then Ohio State in that spot. Well, yeah, what, what USC had working against them, again, win and, and you're in, lose, and I just think they had no chance to, to get in because th- their defense was not very good. You know, I think that had been called out, and it, and it, it wasn't wrong. I mean, it was that they, they were just hanging on by their, uh, you know, fingernails uh, to use your phrase uh, a while ago uh, for much of the season. Um, But uh, I, you know, it it really came down to, you know, TCU, Ohio state and Alabama. And the one thing about this Alabama team, they lose twice. Yes. They lost on the last play by four total points, but get all that. But it's like, when you start looking at kind of what you were talking about with Ole Miss, like who did you actually beat? 
you know, what, what, what's the what's the win that you're pointing to and going, oh yeah, that that that's one of the best. I mean, they, it, it was maybe Texas and Austin, and that was by a field goal. The Red Raiders did that, you know. I mean, uh, so <laughs> wait, I mean, Texas and Alabama can't both <laughs> wave a banner for that same game because one of you won, one of you lost. So yeah. only one of you get to pimp this. <laughs> yeah, one, right? that's right. So I just didn't. I just didn't think, and, and again, whether whether people have Alabama fatigue, I don't know. Uh, I'm surprised that you know because Ohio State has benefited greatly from the playoff. They I have Ohio State fatigue as well. They they are mm. they've benefited greatly from a, a variety of things. Because I mean, what if you're what if you're Michigan? It's like we just unloaded on these dudes in their stadium, <laughs> embarrassed them, and yet they're still they're still in the tournament and we may have to face them in the championship game. Right. You know, I mean, like what, what, what must uh, the old Michigan faithful be thinking in uh, Jim Harbaugh? So, uh, but I, I didn't, I, if there was anything like, it, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this because like, what was it? Because who scares you more right now, Ohio state or TCU? Like if I were to ask you right now, Texas tech was going to have to go play, in a playoff game, so you, you think you're going to get best shot, TCU or Ohio State, who scares you more? I'd have to go with Ohio State, okay. but I, a lot well, of what's popping into my mind is a limping Max Duggan, to be honest uh, with you, okay. right now. Right, I, I got you. But see, but that, that's, Ohio State. that's maybe the issue that you kind of had was that's what Georgia must be thinking. Like, we're supposed to get the four seed and we get freaking Ohio State? I mean, they, they may be the second most talented team in the country. That's not, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know behind us. So I, I didn't know if, if maybe there were some people that had some issue with, but but then again, the optics of putting Ohio State in at three and bumping TCU at four when you're right, Ohio State just sat at home and the last time we saw them, they were getting worked. So it, it's just interesting. There's just not, you know, when you just have four teams, man, there's just not a lot of, uh, room to maneuver it around a bit to kind of, but uh, you know, I, I could easily, if I'm Georgia, going, wow, this is this is just great, and and they have an extra week of rest on us too, guys. This is this is yeah, no kidding. This is part of what's so silly about the 100 plus years of college football. You've got a regular season that reconciles nothing from conference to conference. We got different conference games played, different out of conference requirements. Some people saddle up for some stuff. Some people don't. And yet you then turn that over to a committee or to people or to the BCS or whatever and expect them to then determine based on all of these scattered and irreconcilable data points what should be slotted exactly where. It needs to be one or the other. If you got this goofy regular season where nobody does anything similar from conference to conference or the same from conference to conference, then you need the biggest damn postseason net to cast to just make sure you scoop up everybody that has any inclination towards being deserving of a pathway towards competing to, uh, for a national championship. Or or if you want to go committee in the postseason forever, then you need to have everything tailored to a T among these teams in the regular season to give you at least the nearest thing to a true picture of what a team's caliber is, which is impossible, by the way. So you get what I'm saying? The bigger playoff, the better. But that's never made sense to me, Chris, because you get here at the end of it, and it's a fool's errand for all of these people to try to determine these things. Like, well, this team played eight games, and they're in divisions. They didn't even see these other guys. Well, this team played nine games, and then they added a conference championship on top of that, and they're playing Power Five out of conference. Oh, it's just... (laughs) 
those two things have never matched up very well to me. And it's why we have so much frustration and so much weeping and gnashing of teeth. 12 will help that. The bigger, the better, in my opinion. But I've always I've always felt like it was more realistic, Chris, to address these things in the postseason with casting a wider net, erring on the side of more inclusion, not less, as compared to ever thinking that you're going to get conferences to line up. And all right, boys, here's what the schedule is. Here's how many. Here's how often you're playing everybody in the league. Here's what you're doing out of the league. You and I both know that ain't going to happen. I mean, it's like coming up with whatever you can come up with from campus to campus for a regular season schedule, particularly out of conference. Um, so I think the more realistic option is the path we're going towards, right? A, a bigger postseason net. So you just make sure uh, that nobody really is is being done wrong. And I, I mean, come on. You have your chance to win the game and get in. So I don't want to act like it's some tragedy if you lose the game and you're not in. Right. But the, but, but the backing in of Ohio State or whoever else might have been in this position should never happen. Should never happen at the exclusion of somebody else that played that game. And yeah, so when you get to 12 and beyond, I think it'll help address that. This was just a, a unique year in that there weren't a lot of teams with a lot of gripes uh, just because there was so much losing at the tail end of the season. And you had a couple of teams that just – had not lost, and so there wasn't well, there wasn't a lot of teams knocking on the door uh, there that, that a lot of people felt deserving. And, and again, like the, when the NCAA tournament rolls around, to uh, with this thing, if you don't like what you you, you got, win more. You know, you, everybody control <laughs> right. their own situation. Just don't don't lose games, man. I mean, you know, Nick. I mean, you you, you, you if if they would have won one of those games instead of losing both of them, they might have had a different argument. But you you lost twice, and you've gotten the benefit of the doubt uh, more often than not. Um, had Ohio State gotten squeezed, I wouldn't have felt – I mean, don't get your ass kicked in your own home stadium by your rival. I mean, like, there's no – I mean, right. you, you could have controlled it. You you fixed it. But At the same um, time, Chris, as a college football fan and a fan of a program like Texas Tech, not a blue blood, I still am like – all right, yeah, I'd love to see something where you also throw in Alabama. You also throw in USC. Yeah. You also throw in oh, K-State. Yeah. You also throw in Tulane. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, I, <laughs> I completely agree. And we're going to get, you know, we just have this year and then next year, and then and then we're going to get exactly what you want in uh, and, and, and quarterfinals uh, the week right before Christmas. Then you're going to get all your – On campus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then you're going to get your – you're going to get your New Year's – uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day type scenarios, which will feature some semifinals and things like that. So, yeah, this this will be a lot of fun uh, going forward. Uh, I, I think I'm I'm looking forward to it because it was really fun to see. Here's what the here's what the playoff would have looked like had we had the 12 teams, and you just kind of get a glimpse, like, oh wow, this is uh, this is crazy. It's gonna be fun someday. Yep, absolutely. Uh, still someday, got some time here for yeah. a moment, but uh, we are dragging this thing across that line after a century plus of trying to complicate it as much as possible so that guys in bow ties without televisions in their living rooms will still have something to do in a boardroom this time of year. I can't remember if it was Gordon Gee or Gene Smith or one of these goobers says an expanded playoff over my dead body. R.I.P. my guy. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> that it, may be real. I don't know if he's still with us or not. With a bowl full of Cheez-Its right next to him. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a whole lot to process there as we get ready for bowl season. And, of course, as I mentioned, we'll begin to get into Texas Tech and Ole Miss. And don't forget, we got Red Raider Hoops back in action coming up this week. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode as we will get back to setting the table for Mark Adams and company back at it from United 
Supermarkets Arena. We are back at it coming up on the other side tomorrow. Make us your first listen once again on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And after Locked On Texas Tech, we hope that you'll make Locked On Sports today your second listen. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Chris, we're here. The regular season's in the rear view. And Texas Tech is still going to play another game. So we got what we asked for prior to the year at minimum. I can't wait to get ready for this over the next three weeks with you. Basically, yeah, just just a little over three weeks. It's going to go by very quickly. you got holidays coming up. But, yeah, the Red Raiders uh, headed to H-Town, man. It should be a lot of fun. Keep hope alive, people. Heck, yeah. And be back here tomorrow on the other side for another edition of Locked On Texas Tech.